Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. And at the Working Fans Podcast, this is just a podcast that three lifelong fans created to have a place to talk comedy and pro wrestling. Now, our comedy podcast releases every Tuesday, while our wrestling podcast releases every Thursday. We release bonus episodes under the moniker Working Fans Presents every now and then. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, any major podcast provider. The important thing is just please like, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to us. Now, we have started a new thing. We are now on Amazon and Audible. So those episodes release every Monday. And that's kind of going through the archives and just releasing our old episodes in a new area. So if you want to live through the process with us again, take that journey with us again. You can find us over on Amazon and Audible. If you can't get enough of us in the audio form, check out our YouTube. It's youtube.com slash C slash Working Fans Wrestling Pod, or just search Working Fans Podcast on YouTube. We have the whole archive is up there. And if you listen to the Working Fans Podcast, you are more than familiar with the 531. That is our signature segment where we take your top five list on a particular subject, vote it down to a top three, and then debate it down to a top one. If you want to hear three guys talk shit about comedy, wrestling, life, anything, you will enjoy the Working Fans Podcast. Find us on Twitter, that's at fansworking. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast and for any ideas that you might have. That's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82designs, 482designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82designs, at F-O-U-R, 82designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, we divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans pod- Podcast Combat Cast. It's the man called Dave. It's Chevy. And Chevy, let's talk a little bit about UFC 265, Gone versus Nagano. I'm sorry, Gone versus Black Beast. Man, Gon just put it on Black Beast. Like, he took him apart, and Black Beast basically, to me, looked like he gave up without tapping. Like, he just looked like a man who was broken in there. 
Yeah, the head kick knockout didn't happen like I hoped. So, uh, yeah, it looked like Derek. The moment maybe maybe was a little too big for him, a little too much pressure. So yeah, he'll he'll get back in there. Hopefully, he made a lot of money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Derek's me. I mean, I'm not knocking him. God, he's a professional fighter. He hits like a fucking dinosaur. Like the guy's insane. But like to me, it's just he's an overachiever. As just as a fan watching him because it's like. He doesn't look like he possesses the skill set that a lot of these other fighters do, but he's just got that knockout power. He hangs in there, and then, boom, you know, he can just lay you out. And he's pulled off many upsets. And, yeah, I guess we were all hoping he did. But I got to say, I was impressed with the technical way that Gon picked him apart, too. Like, I think he's an interesting opponent for Nagano. The difference with Nagano is though Nagano looks like he's constantly improving. He looks so improved in his last win over Stipe. And Nagano also has that life-threatening power, like Lewis, if not more. Like I think they're the two heaviest hitters in the business, anyway. Yeah, I felt like if Derek could have gotten his hands on Gone at any point, you know, that could have been a completely different fight. But he he seemed hesitant. I guess yeah, he got TKO'd, so rightfully so. You know, to be worried about Gone's power. So I don't know if Francis will be the same way. I'm hoping. You know, we get the same Francis that fought like Rosenstroik and he yeah. just blitzes forward and, you know, he take a couple shots, but, you know, has the confidence to just put put his uh, hands on on Gon and go from there. Because I think if he gets to him, you know, he's going to knock him out. The, the problem is Gon's footwork is so good. Mm-hmm. So if it's just a stand-up fight and they're at distance the whole time, he, he can do the same thing to Nganu. Yeah, I was looking at these figures of a potential uh, Gon-Nganu fight, and it's like Gon distance strikes per minute. It's like 2.3 for Nagano, 5 for Gon distance strike accuracy. Nagano's 31%, Gon's 52 Distance strikes defense, 53% for Nagan. I'm sorry, for Nagano, 73% for Gon. The only difference really in Nagano's favor is that knockdown rate is 6% for Nagano and it's 1% for Gon. So well, to me, I just say that Nagano's a more around complete fighter, at least by striking, in terms of, although he has submission victories too. But again, Nagano's got that life changing power. And one thing about Nagano too is I've never even seen the guy rocked. So yeah, going back to that first stat with there, how many shots they land at distance or whatever. Francis only needs one, so his right. number, his number's gonna be lower. Yeah, so I Fair. think that skews skews his average a little bit. But yeah, overall, like technical ability, gone is much better. Mm. But yeah, you know, if that power. if your team gone, and obviously we're just you know fans, but so a little armchair quarterback for some rookies here. But do you think you try to like almost look for a submission? Like we try to get this guy down if we can, and maybe look for something that maybe we can tap him out with because he hasn't been rock and you don't want to be in there with that power. It's a good, so it's a good question. I think if the fight goes later on, tr- maybe trying to mix in a takedown or, you know, just some level changes to give Francis a different look. Mm-hmm. But if you're going in for a takedown, you got to get close and it, it only takes one. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be swinging them. So yeah. one of those haymakers and you're going to end up like Overeem. So you got to definitely, I mean, judging by that, you're right. So, I mean, I think strategically he's got to play the distance game in those first couple of rounds. Hopefully he doesn't get clipped and he's got to tire the big man out. I think that's his best shot. And that seems to have 
to be his game plan in, in most fights is just be the more technical fighter, fight at range, you know, and go in when you see a, you know, safe, you know, relatively safe opening. I don't know how many are, you got to weigh the, the, you know, risk reward. And the risk is obviously a lot higher with Francis. So I think he'll probably just stay on the outside. You know, one thing I'm curious about too, is we haven't seen gone rocked either though i wonder what kind of shit he has he's gonna right. need it <laughs> right he hasn't taken any really big punches that i've seen you know jds didn't really touch him Derek obviously didn't touch him so one other fight from uh, get back to 265 a little bit here jump to that again aldo versus munoz i thought aldo just looks so good in this fight vintage and, yeah and is aldo you know, is he just, man, is he still, is he, I mean, we said before, he's like that top three guy, but is he really, could he be there? Could he be, would you like to see a fight between him and Dillashaw? How about that? Yes. After mm-hmm. Dillashaw gets his title shot, and hopefully, you know, I'd be fine if TJ won the title and then although, you know, does one more maybe and then gets a title shot. I think stylistically that matchup is great. Yeah. If Aldo kicks TJ's legs, I, I would he looked so good. His boxing looks so good. Yeah. Um, the, those body shots that he lands on guys are just so punishing. So I, it'd be tough to favor TJ in that fight, the way that the, their last two fights went. I wonder, too, like, just, I'm just you know, like a potential matchmaking for Aldo, too. Like, if we didn't go do a shot, what about him and Cruz, too? Just a couple of names going at it. I think it's an entertaining fight, but I think Aldo will tear him up at this point. I think especially with those leg kicks. Like, you know, if he's using his leg kicks, like, I think that's going to be a problem for Cruz. Mm, I mean, it'd be tough. His durability, Cruz's durability is is a suspect, obviously. Mm -hmm. Our friend Kristen likes to say that uh, his bones are made of sawdust. Right, Uh, right. But although all those takedown defense is also really good. So I think mm. that that would nullify any of Dom's wrestling and Aldo has the power advantage. I don't know the footwork though. Mm. Can he, could Dom stay out of range of the kicks and, you know, dodge some of those punches and then punish Aldo. It'd be a good fight. I'd like to see it. If you're Cruz, would you rather have a three round fight with Aldo or a five round fight? Ooh. Um, Probably th- the three round. Mm-hmm. Seems like all. I mean, all those had a million five round fights. So I, f- I feel like he gets better closer to the end of the fight, where as his opponents wear down. That being said, Dom also has good cardio, and he mm-hmm. doesn't really slow down. So I don't know if it would be as much of a factor. I think if Cruz could get ahead a little bit on the scorecards, and even if he was taking punishment, at least with a three round fight. You know what I mean? The the durability of his legs getting kicked out mm-hmm. from underneath him might not be as bad. So maybe you mm-hmm. know you get that. Whereas I think a five round fight, <clears throat> I think Aldo's going to continue to chip away. I don't know. I just see, you know, Cruz is going to he's going to chip away at Cruz's legs at some point there. And although Dom has good footwork, great footwork actually, <laughs> legendary footwork. But I mean, I just think Aldo's good enough to keep up with him. And I think those leg kicks would be the big difference in that fight. Because I mean, yeah, I mean he's had a lot of injuries. You know, to his what legs, his ankles. You know, everything. like yeah, everything. So, yeah, but one other guy I want to talk about from UFC 265 too. Uh, well, two guys, Vincente Luque and Michael Chiesa. I thought Chiesa was looking good up until he got caught there. You know, it's interesting. Like one thing about Chiesa fights, it always seems to be a lot of wild scrambles, 
and that can happen sometimes. But you know, Kiesa said it was like you know a really bad training camp, but he takes nothing away from Kiesa, uh, from Luke. And he said Luke was the better man, but um, I do wonder like uh, where we'll see Kiesa Kiesa going forward, and I wonder what's next for Luke. Now you know, basically he was la- Tywin Woodley's last fight in the UFC, and he tapped him out, and now he's tapped out Kiesa, who was undefeated at welterweight. I feel like, you know, a big match. Maybe Luke should get Gilbert Burns or something like that next. And for Kiesa, I don't know. I don't know where we would go with him. But, I mean, there's a lot of entertaining fights at welterweight. Maybe a Wonder Boy. Yeah, Wonder Boy's coming off a loss. So that could be an interesting style mix-up right there. Yeah, sure. I'd like to see that one. Vicente Luque versus Gilbert Burns. That's, that is a also a really good matchup. Back to Kiesa and Luke. I mean, that was pretty early in the fight. And, you know, they're probably still pretty dry. So it just made a mistake, like you said, in the scramble, got caught. I mean, he was riding Luke before that, maybe just got a little overconfident. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, don't, I think it's just a bump in the road. But I think so too. Now, the MMA math, you know, Luke be, uh, lost to Wonderboy. So that would say, oh, Wonderboy is going to beat Kiesa. But we know MMA math doesn't work. I think it's a similar matchup, basically. Wonder Boy's going to have to use his striking, and Kiesa's going to have to like get him down. I think Wonder Boy has a little bit better takedown defense, though. Uh, his do... takedown defense is great, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think Wonder Boy is as good in the scrambles. Like You're not going to see Wonder Boy catch him in a submission either, so that's kind right. of an interesting thing. I like, I like them both a lot, but I think I favor Kiesa in that matchup at this point in their careers right now. I could be wrong, though. Mm, I think, like, I love both guys, but I think maybe Wonderboy's takedown defense is good enough to keep Kiesa off of him, and mm. his striking is so much better sure. that he might be able to keep him at distance and pick him apart. Mm-hmm. Although, Kiesa did have the be- best combination in his career, according to DC, earlier in that fight before he got caught. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. Now, Luke Burns, I like I said, I think Luke is looking great. He's sharp. But, man, I mean, we're just talking about that next level, right? But I think Gilbert Burns is just such a great all-around fighter that, unfortunately, like, if we do match those guys up, I mean, I do think Burns would probably get the nod just because I think he's just that good. Not saying Luke doesn't have a shot and he's one of the best, but I just think, I don't know. At welterweight, to me, it's like Usman is the champ. And then hovering right there, you got, like, Covington. And then I think it's Burns, really. And maybe we'll find out as time goes on. Who's the, the potential opponent there for Masvidal next? Three-piece in the soda there. Leon, oh, Leon Edwards. Yeah, yes. we have to see what Leon Edwards is still Right, he's still to fight a, a top-level guy. Right. So, I mean, he, he fought, you know, Nate Diaz, but obviously Nate fought a lot of his career at lightweight. And Nate's a strong fighter, but I don't consider him elite welterweight status no no and actually i mean you know that would be an interesting matchup too they're talking about doing that edwards and masvidal should have happened a long time ago should have should have be interesting i consider that a very even matchup actually because i think masvidal is just as good on the feet uh they're both probably not going to look for takedowns masvidal might try something flashy like a knee i think leon might be a little more technical but both got good cardio I think Masvidal would get that done, actually, if they end up fighting. Do you? I think it'd be a good test for Leon Edwards' mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, I think he's a better fighter. I, I think Leon would probably get that win. I'll tell you what. Much like the Cruz Aldo thing, I think I like Masvidal in a five-round fight. I think Leon might edge it out in a three-round fight. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good point. If it, if it was five rounds, 
I think the edge would go to Masvidal. Because, I mean, Nate rocked him in that fifth round. So, you know, I mean, obviously he can always keep improving, but just based off what we've seen out of them. Yeah, I think I like Masvidal in the long haul. Yeah, Leon's not going to put Masvidal away. So maybe he can wear on him mentally, break him, and then once he breaks him, he can land something and finish him. Now, no UFC this weekend. Next weekend, main event, Jared Cannier versus Kelvin Gaslam. Good, good fight here at middleweight. Both these guys have been close to that top contender status there. Well, Gaston's fought for the title before. Yeah, maybe the best fight in UFC history. Yeah, yeah, one of the yeah. best. So I got to wonder, who do you favor in this fight? I Canner is really good, though. Yeah, a few, you know, a year ago, two years ago, maybe a little bit longer, I would have said Gaston all day, mm-hmm. but he, he's, I think, like one... He's got one win in his last five, maybe. Mm. I'm not sure what the struggle is or what the issue is. Obviously, he's fighting the top of the division. So, you know, you're going to get losses up there. But Cannoneer, I mean, he was he was on the rise. I, th- I think he lost he lost to Whitaker in his last right. fight, right? But right. his arm was broken. Yeah, he got kicked, I think, early in the fight and had his arm broken. So you can forgive him for losing to someone of... Whitaker's caliber so yeah Kelvin lost to Whitaker in his last fight um yeah. and that was a decision it was close but he he lost and then he beat Heinish and it's interesting he had that going back here he had that fight of the century loss the style bender and then he had a split decision loss to Till which was super technical which could have gone either way mm-hmm. you know like people definitely scored it both ways and then he got caught by a heel hook by Jack or Manson so it's interesting but that can play with your head, though. Like, it's still losses at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think mentally, I would favor Jared going into this fight. And I would say that the only thing is, though, like, when was this last fight for Kenny? Eh, 2020. So, yeah, I don't know. I think Jared Kenner is just a little bit better at this point in their careers. Pains me to say a little bit because I love Kelvin. But I just think Jared Kenner will probably get it done. I'm going to say it's decision. I can't think of anybody who's ever TKO'd Kelvin Gaston. That's why. Although, Kenner certainly has the power. This he has power. At, yeah, yeah, he's fought at heavyweight before, too. So, he's yeah. he's definitely could be there. If anyone's going to do it, I guess I'm saying I could see Jared Kenner get it done. But I'm going to say he does it by decision just because I haven't seen anybody do it to Kelvin yet. So, how many five-round fights has cannon in your head so that's the only other thing is like we know kelvin's gas tank is great his footwork and his boxing are really good so in the later rounds i would favor him i think so looking at jared Kennedy's record i don't know if he's been scheduled for five round fights before i'm assuming he has but he's only gone five rounds once that was before the ufc that was alaska fighting championship against tony lopez split decision win and that was in 2014 so uh, the infamous Tony Lopez. Oh, that Tony Lopez, yeah. man. I get you every time. So I, I think that uh, you bring up an interesting point about the gas tank. We'll see. But um, so maybe the later rounds, you know, could be good for Kelvin. But yeah, um, so if Kelvin yeah. doesn't get behind too far behind the early rounds, mm-hmm. I think he could win a decision. I, I don't know if I know Cannonier has power, but Gaslam has a world class chin. I mean, he took yeah. some shots from from Adesanya that he would have knocked anyone else in the, the division out. So yeah. I don't know if he's going to get knocked out, but 
I think it five rounds. I want. I want. I'm going to change. I'm going to say Kelvin gets it. Okay. Kelvin gets it. Maybe done. he loses the first two rounds and wins the rest of the fight. All right. All right. So there we go. We both. We both agree it's going decision. Although I got Cannonier, you got uh, Kelvin. Crane will be so mad at me if he sees this. <laughs> now the last thing I'm going to talk about today. We heard this come out today as we're recording this. Tito Ortiz versus Anderson Silva in a boxing match. Man, I just want to look this up now. What was Silva's? He just came off a boxing victory, didn't he? Yeah, he just beat Julio Chavez Jr., who was right. a world champion. Yeah, that's so. insane. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Boxing. Yeah, so he's two and one overall because he had boxed earlier in his career too. And I Tito's background was mostly he was a wrestler back in the day. So it's interesting to think, like, because remember, that was Dana Whiteston. Because they were going to fight. Remember, Dana White and Tito were in boxing matches. Yeah. Dana's like, I'll box him. So now here's Tito, older. And I granted, Anderson's over. And I, I understand Tito is thinking it's going to be, I think, four ounce gloves. So, I mean, there is the possibility Tito could catch him, but I don't think so. Man, he doesn't have the footwork for it. Like, you know, MMA or boxing. Like, I think it's going to be worse when it's just boxing. So. Yeah, I don't see I, how Tito. I don't. I, I'm surprised. Tito's a guy who like basically I seen cherry picks a lot of his opponents at this point in his career, and I'm surprised he took it. It's a money fight, maybe. Yeah, money's money. running low. <laughs> he got fired from his last job, or he forced to quit, or whatever. So money's mm. tight, probably. So you don't see this going well for him, right? <laughs> oh, I, no, Tito wasn't even a good striker like in the early days of the UFC when people barely knew what they were doing. Like, right. so. Anderson Silva is going to put him in the matrix or whatever he does. You know, <laughs> if he doesn't want him to land a shot, he won't, but he's a showman. So he'll play with him a little bit. And that's the only way I see him lose. He gets caught while he's, you know, playing yeah. with him. Like Weidman caught him in the first fight. I don't know how many rounds this is, but I predict Silva will get a stoppage. If it's oh, like yeah. eight or 10 rounds, I think Silva might. TKO. Wait. Yeah. TKO, maybe three or four, but I think that, you know that's gonna happen. I, I also I I wonder what the gas tank's gonna be like for Tito with this too. <laughs> hey, it's gonna be bad. Yeah, Tiller man, they're putting out these fights every month. <laughs> they're not getting my money, but I'll watch the yeah. highlights. Yeah, I watch the highlights too. I would be very sad if Anderson lost this, by the way. But oh. I don't see I don't see it happen. But <laughs> yeah, me either. But, all right, well, I think that's gonna do it for this week. Hopefully, we got some good fights coming in the future. Uh, I'm excited. Like I said, in two weeks, we got to – actually, uh, you're going on vacation this week, so a good week to take it off. Huh? No, you That's right. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So that worked out. So, All right, my man. As always, it's been fun. And, guys, get back to us on what you think of the episodes. Good night. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then, as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 